Hello and welcome to the Into the Desert podcast, where we talk to inspiring people and hear their stories of motivation, courage, drive, productivity, and how their environment has dictated their performance. Today we have a very special guest. He's an international best-selling author and award-winning entrepreneur with a passion for empowering others to turn their passions into profitable businesses. With three successful companies under his belt, he has been recognized as the Stevie winner of Best Business Influencer of the Year, Best Entrepreneur of the Year, and an achievement in thought leadership. Mohammed Tahami, how are you? Great to have you on. Hey, how are you? Thank you so much for the invitation. Really well. Great to have you here. I'd love to, to throw it straight to you and just learn a little bit about your businesses. So we mentioned that you've got three. Can we have a little yes. overview of what they are and then how you got into them. Sure. Um, the first company is called uh, Passion Point. Uh, it's an award-winning uh, training organization that specializes in entrepreneurship. Uh, we... It, it has been like 10 years now, since 2012, we have been helping people transform their passions into profitable businesses. Uh, and the second company is called Chess Your Child. Uh, it's uh, Egypt's number one academy for teaching kids chess as a character building tool. And the last one is called 30 Years. It's a digital advertising agency that specializes in Facebook ads for e-commerce businesses. Really? And the common pattern between all of them is, is passion. The, they are all passion-driven businesses. I, I have passion for every single field uh, of the three. So I only start businesses based on something that I love to do. So I am passionate about advertising. I'm passionate about marketing. Oh, I'm passionate about chess, of course. Um, if someone brings chess now in the room, I will end this podcast immediately. <laughs> Or at least it will distract my attention because I love chess so much. And of course, I love motivation and helping people to realize their potential and launch uh, and live with passion. That's why. And this is my journey. This is the closest company to my heart, Passion Point, because yeah. it's my story. My life story is struggling to find a way to get out of the corporate life and do what I love um, freely, you know. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, can I... You know, I followed you before. I can see that the work you do. I can see that you're passionate, and and I think actually that's the only way a business works, right? If you're actually passionate about the the problem you're trying to solve, um, I'd love to hear a bit more about how you got into chess. How was the how did how did chess become your your love? <laughs> well, since my childhood, um, it was the moment I um, I was playing chess with uh, with my dad, and suddenly I won. And, and, and that was impressive. How? How can a child, uh, you know, beat uh, an, a grown-up man? So that was the first time I fell in love with that magical game that allows kids to outperform adults. Uh, and then uh, I, I took it from there. So when I started uh, my second businesses, uh, I always seek something that I'm passionate about. So when you have the, your list of passions, chess was one of them. Then let's start my second business in the second biggest passion that I have, and that was chess, of course. The interesting part or the challenging part was that chess, there was zero competition, zero businesses in Egypt at that time in 2015 uh, related to chess. So it was a bit scary, you know, because when you start a business, you need a proof that there yeah. is money in the game, you know. And since there is no businesses uh, out there related to chess, then this is something you should worry about. And when I kept on asking people, 
no one before thought about starting a business in chess why it's only yeah. in just clubs officially but no uh, like a business dedicated to a private academy you know and uh, the answer i received was many people tried before but all of them failed <laughs> and that was okay uh, so what's the reason uh, and they said be- mainly because of marketing and since it was because of marketing i my worry uh, disappeared because i'm a king of marketing i love marketing i know how to market my business so that was not the case uh, i was just afraid that they would say there is no demand no need the, the customers uh, didn't uh, you know see it as something of value it was just a professional chess player trying to st- establish an academy without any business or marketing background so obviously they fail uh, yeah so when I started Chess Your Child, I was looking for the demand, a proof of concept that people are paying for character building, regardless of through chess or not. Uh, and back then, uh, there was a huge movement, uh, a trend called UC Math. Uh, it was very, very popular, uh, a way of teaching kids or raising kids IQ through mathematics. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, Kidzinia started to boom back in Egypt there. Um, so a, a lot of act- character building activities were being introduced to the market. Uh, n- then I was sure that chess will dominate and have uh, and can have like a good positioning uh, when it comes to character building. Uh, so when when the proof was there that people were paying money, to fulfill the, the, a similar desire, regardless of the tool or the, the methodology. Uh, I launched Chess Your Child confidently and it took the market by storm. It was massive success because people inherently uh, knew the value of chess and its impact on their kids. So it was very easy uh, to sell uh, with the right message, with the right campaigns, of course. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Chess is one of those things that if you don't think about it, it's just a hard game, right? But then it's actually, there's so much to it. It's such a problem solving thing. I think it's incredible for business. And, you know, my new year's resolution this year is to play chess every single day. So I just play one game or yeah. two games every single day online. And, and I've been yeah. learning more about the game, but also about the industry. You know, chess.com is, is it, is it worth a billion dollars yeah. now? It's a massive, massive business. Yeah. And some of the chess grandmasters, especially the younger ones are real celebrities now, not just in the chess field, but in, a slightly wider field and, and that's amazing and i think it's really powerful that you say you know that the, the idea there is character development you know, that that yeah. is really something that is so powerful you've been able to um articulate what chess can bring to someone other than just mathematics and, and problem solving there's more to yeah. it um so was that your was that your first business or where does that come in terms of that's, the three that you mentioned that was the second business the second one and the first one was marketing yeah was passion point yeah the startup accelerator that helps uh, people transform their passion into uh, profitable businesses okay so you can see the link there can't you yeah you in, fact, uh, uh, in, in fact in uh, fact chester child as a business started as a challenge uh, because uh, one day i decided to record myself it's like a reality show showing people how to apply passion to profit methodology that I was teaching people three years back. Uh, We had already uh, some success stories coming out of the program, but I wanted people to see in action how the the system is being applied from scratch uh, on something totally new. So I just uh, 
I wrote up, I published a post on Facebook telling people I will start a challenge of turning one of my passions into a business using passion to profit methodology. And I will record myself every day for 30 minutes because I'm promoting the, the, the idea of you can start a business 30 minutes a day by by applying or doing certain specific tasks that we uh, ask them to do so mm. here i am doing it in front of everyone follow me and see how it works so i started the challenge every day recording myself for 30 minutes following the same exact checklist of passion to profit system and people were watching me and in 40 days the the business was up and running there you go. And then you may as well keep it going because why not? It's a brilliant business. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the intention. It's just to prove that I'm selling, making uh, money and generating profits. And I I would have, you know, the, the, the initial intention was to shut it down just after to prove the concept. But, oh, wow, it's it's working. It's brilliant. It's resonating you were, with the market. Yeah. And you were a professional chess player before you started the business. Not a professional chess player. I, I used to play in a professional club when I was a child, but yeah. at that point, I was not a professional player at all. That's why we made a partnership with chesskid.com. It's a subsidiary okay. from chess.com. Uh, yeah. They have the best curriculum in the world for teaching uh, kids chess. So we established yeah. a partnership with them. We used their curriculum and their videos. They, they, they created the lovely videos uh, with animation and cartoons and the stuff teaching kids uh, chess uh, concepts. So we used their curriculum. And uh, the brilliant part is I didn't um, bring in chess coaches. I brought in uh, the, uh, child development specialists to, oh, deliver, okay. to deliver the chess curriculum to the kids. So that was an... You know, uh, an amazing pivot uh, that worked that worked um, uh, greatly uh, for the favor of the purpose of the business. Uh, so, normal chess uh, coaches they just focus on the skills, the tactical skills of chess. They don't focus on character building. But, but the mix between child development specialist with a, a world-class chess curriculum and delivering that to to kids, that was a brilliant combination. Yeah. It's incredible. It's a really, really good story. I love, I love how it happened. Um, yeah. I want to throw it back to, uh, you know, how, how you got started in business. So uh, you're, you're in Cairo now, originally from Egypt, and, and yeah. you've, you've spent a lot of time in Dubai with your other businesses, which is how we yeah. met. I'd love yeah. to know what it was like starting a business in, in, in Egypt. What was, the, what was the, the challenges you faced? What challenges you faced? And, and what's it been like? What's the journey like? Wow. Um... When I started thinking about entrepreneurship, having my own business, um, I was very, very disappointed because um, back then it was very common that entrepreneurs should be risk takers by nature. They are aggressive, courageous, you know, and they must be um, good leaders, powerful leaders, influencers to influence people with their vision and so on. And I was uh, raised in a very conservative family, just take care of that. Don't do this. No need to risk, you know. So I was not a risk a risk taker by any means. And uh, in addition to that, uh, in during my childhood, I had uh, an asthma. So uh, if I spent a lot of time doing effort like in outdoors or get exposed to uh, cold weather or, or something, I uh, I suffer from months of medications and so on. So I spent most of my childhood at home. So I turned into 
an extreme introvert. So extreme introvert, non-risk taker. How can this be a successful entrepreneur? Uh, but but one day one day I just re- realized that since that idea didn't quit my heart, regard even when I realized that it's not matching with what they say about how entrepreneurs should look and act and be like. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, anyone would have quit. No, this is not for me. Um, maybe it's, uh, it's just a dream, and, but not everything that someone can dream can, can realize. But the idea kept on, you know, pressing so hard, so hard. Uh, I spent a lot of sleepless days thinking about the idea. And then I decided to figure out a way. How can I start a business without having to take a risk and without having to lead a big team or influence a large number of people to follow my vision? And I I kept searching for a methodology or a way for like seven years. And I figured out the formula and I took the decision in a crazy uh, moment. It was back in Jan 2012. I quit my job in a multinational organization as a telecom engineer. Mm-hmm. And I, I became a full-time entrepreneur. Back then, Jan 2012, um, it was after one year of the Egyptian revolution. Wow. So the economy was, you know, it was a, a, one of the darkest moments in the Egyptian history. Uh, it was very uncertain. The economy was so bad. I, ironically, I didn't feel that it was a risk. <laughs> Although people labeled me as crazy, irresponsible, because back then I had a girl, her name was Malika. She was one year old. Now I have Malika, Adam, and Bilal. But back then, people were telling me, okay, if it's not for you, it's for your daughter. Stay on your job because you are risking your family uh, financially and emotionally and everything. But surprisingly, I was very confident that I was making the right decision and it was not a risk at all for me. I didn't feel that it was a risk because I, if I did feel, I wouldn't take the action or take the step. So uh, that's how I started. And then um, when I see how life was super beautiful and amazing when you own your business, waking up every morning, doing what you love and making an impact, I decided to share my methodology and my system to others. And that started in September 2012, the first uh, program for Passion to Profit. And it was a mega success. Uh, And it it started from there. Uh, Passion to Profit uh, uh, Startup Accelerator cohort after yeah. cohort after cohort for 10 years now, hundreds of success stories in every field you can think of, from people who have passion for coffee to people who have passion for astronomy. They were all able to apply the exact same system and process to launch their passion-driven businesses. That's amazing. It's really, really cool. So I'd love to know, you know, you talk about passion to profit. What are the most common problems you see in an entrepreneur who is trying to launch a business, has had maybe some moderate success, but is stuck in that sort of rut um what are those problems that you see over and over again well the problem i see is that startup uh, the startup uh, let's say environment you are the king of environments the startup is um is so magical the media puts uh, uh, a lot of attention to the concept or the idea of startups startups and for me startups uh, is the hardest entrepreneurial level 
ever. Because the number one reason that stops people from starting their businesses is money. How can I get enough capital to start my business? And this is a very obsolete challenge. I'm really frustrated how people still, till now, think that money is an issue. Because you are, you can always start a business. Uh, it's if, if you study history, most successful entrepreneurs they didn't start with big capital. They start small and they finish big. And there's a great book by Fred De Luca, the, uh, the founder of uh, Subway. The the book title was exactly was the same uh, the same phrase: start small, finish big. So. This is very common. You can start something beside your job, and this is what we call uh, in Passion to Profit the hierarchy of entrepreneurship. You always, you should always start as a side business beside your daily job until you master the art of customer acquisition. And then you can quit your job and move into what we call the lifestyle business, which is you have the freedom and flexibility to generate profits, to maintain a healthy lifestyle and enjoyable lifestyle. Then you can move to the third level, which is the enterprise level, you know, building a big team, having a structure, management, organizational structure, systems in place and all this stuff. And only if you are interested to move to the fourth and final level, which I call the innovation business, uh, which now labeled as startup. So startup is the hyper growth company, innovative ideas that we are not sure if they will work or not tech enabled, you know, massive change in consumer behavior. This is the hardest level. It's impossible for an employee who had zero experience in business to manage high investment business. If, if for example, if I, if I give you now like $10 million, go implement your crazy idea. Mm. It's not about the idea. The execution will fail miserably because you have zero experience. Uh, you can't manage this huge investment regardless of how brilliant your idea is. So you need to uh, you know, move up the ladder gradually and each stage will equip you with the skills needed to succeed at the next one. So if you don't have a side business, if you never sold to anyone before, if you don't know how to reach the right customers, how to sell them, the customer acquisition part, you don't ever quit your job. So it's small than... Uh, grow gradually. So this is the number one mistake and and uh, uh, most entrepreneurs make is that they start big and they think that their idea will 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 do everything. It's not about the idea, it's all about the execution. And uh, I always recommend for someone who is starting a business for the first time, don't put a, an investment that is more than 20% of your savings. Ever. That's a great tip. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, I think it's really nice. And it's something that it resonates with us. One of the things we often do in our business is, is a stress test. So like you say, if someone gave you a million pounds now and said, or dollars, whatever it is, and said, invest this, what would the first thing, what's the first thing that would break in your business? And like you say, you know, it's, it's usually operations, right? You'd be able to do a bit of marketing. You can do some nice branding stuff. You can acquire the leads. You might be able to service some of them and then stuff starts to break. You haven't got the systems in place to, to really scale up to a business of that size. Uh, I think it's yeah. a really, really good bit of, of, uh, of knowledge there. I'd love to move on to the, the, not to, then onto the marketing side because, you know, you're, you're the king of marketing. Uh, and, you know, you've got these businesses that have come from passion to hopefully to profit. What is the next step in terms of marketing? What's the, so the strategies you can give away that are... Are uh, you know sure fire for someone to take the next leap? 
Yeah. Well, I, I approach marketing from an engineering perspective. Uh, that's why in entrepreneurship, I love to work with engineers. It's like a match made in heaven because uh, I approach marketing as a system. And this is my mission, by the way, in 2023. I, I, I want as many businesses as possible to get back to the basics of marketing because with just the basics you can win over 99% of your competitors because people now our businesses or founders are distracted with the tools of marketing not the the essence of marketing like hey now tiktok is dominating do tiktok uh, now instagram reels oh now oh linkedin is uh, rising oh and these are all tools this is not marketing so for me, I see marketing as a system. I always see marketing as a system, a set of activities that you repeat every single time to generate leads and customers consistently and profitably. Without a set of activities that's well known and well measured, uh, you don't have marketing. Because mar- if, if marketing is, if you think of marketing as just uh, some reel and stories you post, you post regularly on Instagram, this is not marketing. Marketing. Uh, and I also see marketing as, um, as something that you should start even before you build your product. Mm. Uh, because one of the mistakes that I see entrepreneurs uh, make is that they, they, they start a business doing what they know, not what their customers need. They don't even think about customers. This is what I know. I'm an artist. I love to draw. Uh, I'm a programmer. Uh, I know how to build software. So I start a software company. So what's the gap? What's the problem you are solving? What's new you are as? What's what's value are you adding? So you don't think of a customer first because normally uh, the right way to do it is to think of a problem or a customer that you are excited to solve his, his or her problem. And then you build a solution based on that so you fill the gap you have a competitive edge that you know uh, offer a, a better alternative than mm. what what the customer uh, is exposed to and then you start the promotion part so most people mix marketing with promotion promotion is one uh, one of the steps in the marketing system but it's not marketing when you do facebook ads or google ads this is called promotion so when people launch their business and they already build their product now Let's do marketing. No. <laughs> now you, you mean let's do promotion. But marketing should have started way earlier when you define your customer segment, what is their need, their problems, their desires, what, what are the competitors offering to them, uh, what are the other alternatives in the market that they can approach or use to solve their problems. All this is marketing. So for me, I see marketing as a system. We set a series of activities that we do every time we want to generate leads and customers profitably. I mean, I, I like it. And, and there's so much, so much there to unpack, isn't it? And, and obviously a lot of knowledge that you've got over time from your businesses and probably, you know, I guess the benefit of having an accelerator like yours is that you're not only solving your own problems, but you're solving hundreds and probably thousands of people's problems over each cohort. And therefore, yeah. you've seen all these problems so many times that for you now, it must be almost obvious, you know, what someone's doing wrong. Whereas someone in a startup mind, maybe a scarcity mindset, they're just panicking. They're spending money. No one's coming to them. Maybe they get one lead, they lose it. It makes everything worse. Um, yeah. What's the most common thing you see a business do just before it fails? Is it, is it something to do with the marketing? Is, is it something to do with, um, you know, the operations? Or is it just simply a mindset thing? Well, uh, um 
one of the biggest mistakes is um, when, when, when I see founders, they are not interested in learning about marketing. Mm. They keep on chasing a marketing agency after another, uh, hoping that someone will, you know, let people know about their brilliance. So from a freelancer to an in-house employee to a marketing agency, and you keep on changing and no one is doing a good performance. So the business keeps on, you know, diminishing and collapsing and you don't know why and you cannot, you don't, you don't know how to measure the performance of the people who are doing marketing. So I always say to uh, my students that if you are not willing to learn marketing, regardless of whether you will implement that in the beginning with your hands or not, or you will hire someone to do it, if you are not interested in learning about marketing, don't start a business. Because at least you should know what marketing is all about, because this will allow you either to implement at the beginning and, and save the cost of an agency, or uh, when you hire someone, you will be able to know if they think correctly, uh, if they have the right knowledge and experience, uh, and you can easily monitor or uh, measure their performance. You will know if they are deceiving you, if they are telling the truth, or you are just you know, uh, uh, lying and rambling about their bad performance. You know. Yes. So uh, every entrepreneur should learn about marketing uh, before they hand over the, the, the thing to other people. I agree. And it's one of those things where it's similar with um, really my next question, which is around delegation. And, you know, people often delegate or they, you know, it's the same thing. Right? They give out their marketing to someone else or they give out their, their sales assets and then they don't make any sales or they, they, they don't get any leads from the marketing or, you know, something they delegated, maybe make a, a new brochure doesn't get done properly. And they blame those people. But actually, it all comes back to you. And if you haven't communicated and if you haven't given them the assets that they actually needed or learned the marketing in the first place, what can you expect someone to do? Everyone, everyone has to come from you in, in the business that you're running yourself. Um, so, so from that, I want to touch on delegation. So now you know, you've built these businesses, you, you're a busy guy, you've got to delegate. What are your tips for delegation? How do you give out these tasks in a way that yeah. makes them, them work without taking too much of your time up? Well, after 20 years of being an entrepreneurship, uh, now finally I work three days a week, nice. uh, even if I'm managing three companies because we have systems and brilliant people in place. And uh, delegation uh, should always start with building a system, a checklist. This is how you approach it. For example, let me give you an example because you touched on a very important point here. Now you are the founder, you are the owner of the business and you are hiring a salesperson to do some sales calls or sales meetings and close potential customers. If you are not the first person in your company who do sales calls or sales meetings and you succeeded in closing, then don't expect a salesperson to come and do magic for you. Uh, because it, it, you, you have the passion, you know your product inside out, you are the owner, the founder, the visionary, you need to close at least two, three, four potential clients, record that meetings and hand over it to the salesperson before you, you expect him to per, or her to perform. Uh, because no one will speak about your product or service better than you. It's impossible. So you need to feed them with the value proposition, unique selling points. Uh, uh, you need to 
pass your excitement and passion to them. Uh, what's good about your product? What's bad? What's you know? You need to tell them about the competitors. Uh, how? What's 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 the unique advantage you have over them and so on. So uh, before you delegate, you need to build a system. And if you are not interested at all in doing that, then whoever you are hiring for the first time, he is the one responsible to build the system for others. This way, your business will never rely on a person. It will rely on a system. Like, think McDonald's. So, the, the uh, McDonald's, there's no chef inside McDonald's. There are people who are implementing systems to give you the sandwich you love to eat. You know, There's no chef. So this is why it's consistent every time, everywhere. So, whether you or someone you hire to build a system, a successful system that works, and then you pass it to whoever will take over and can apply that system, um, then don't don't think of delegation. Yeah. Because most people delegate without giving people system, a successful or workable system to uh, to use. That's, that's a great tip. And there's so many systems that you can use that are free now. Project management yeah. systems and, and communication yeah. systems that you know, starting a business, I saw a post the other day where you can start a, a, quite a complex business these days for absolutely nothing. You can get yep. all your CRM, all your marketing, all of your, you know, your, your, your project management stuff for free and your social media. Everything can be done for free. It's just then the, the idea that if you haven't got any skin in the game, i.e. you haven't put any money down to learn and invest in yourself, yep. how do you expect it to work? Which is very similar to what you're saying there. And quite often people will ask, you know, how should I invest a thousand pounds? And realistically, if you've got a business, a thousand pounds is not going to go very far, but it will go fairly far if you invest it in a course or, you know, a, a, a lot of books for a thousand pounds. And people are spending their, their whole life learning. They're putting in a 300 page books, which you can buy for, you know, 50 dirham. You know, there's so yeah. much to be learned. And I think it's really important that you put it towards yourself. And then, like you say, delegate, delegate properly from a place of experience. Um, I'd love to touch on an area that's close to my heart, which is just the environment that you work in or you live in. How does um, your environment, especially where you work, how does it influence and impact how you run your businesses? Do you feel like you need an environment that suits your current needs? Of course. Um, uh, The third book I wrote uh, was called Midway Simplicity. So I'm a big fan of simple living. uh, Mm. So I I, I, I must work on a clean desk. Yeah. There is a paper on my desk, then there is something wrong. You know, I love to work on a clean desk and a MacBook. When I switch okay. to Mac, from my environment is all about, it's not just the place I work in, uh, it's about the tools that I use. So I can conquer the world with a MacBook and a clean desk. Anywhere, everywhere, you know, <laughs> regardless of, of, of where is that. So, uh, yes, the environment is very, very important and uh, simplicity is key. Um, I always say that uh, entrepreneurs need to declutter their life, uh, including mentally and physically as well. A cluttered environment is, is causing a lot of distractions and waste of you know, thoughts and energy and ideas uh, in a way that's, yes, it's intangible, but, but experience working for a week in a, clut- in a decluttered environment, and you will see the difference. Uh, do you know what? Because, I'm exactly the yeah. same. I'm exactly the same. I yeah. work in a very, very similar environment. You can probably see 
the camera is pretty minimal in here. You know, I've got a standing desk. There's nothing on it apart from the screen and the computer. Um, yeah. I'm actually going on the, on TV tomorrow on Dubai One to literally talk about this this point that minimalism yeah. is not you know what we sometimes think of it as, where you have nothing and you sleep on the floor. It's about decluttering your life and actually working like this is for a reason because we know that we're busy and if you have clutter and distractions, like you say, it causes stress. It's so linked to stress. And obviously the more stress you get, the tired you get, the more it impacts your business, your life, your relationships. So yeah, that's something we're doing tomorrow. Um, because we've also developed this, this quiz, which can find your, your design persona. So which design style do you like? One of them being Scandinavian minimalism, and then it will give you a report based on what you've answered. Um, to then say which one you are, or we think you are, and why, and then what we can do to change that in terms of not necessarily the design, but actually what it means. So, you know, like you're saying there, like I'm saying as well, I like to have a clean, clean desk, clean lines, natural materials, lots of natural light. That is probably because we're trying to avoid distraction and avoid stress. So why is that? Is that because we get stressed easily? Is that because there's a number of things that are going on that we don't want to allow to distract us? So there's things we can do to mitigate that, such as like, you know, meditation, you can work with life coaches, do more exercise, change your diet. Um, yeah, there's so much to an environment. Um, do you find that your environment when you're, you know, trying to relax has to be a very certain way or is it just more your work environment that you like to control? Um, I'm mostly my, my work environment and um, because I'm, I'm very much adaptable. I can I can survive anywhere. Mm -hmm. I get used to that. So uh, the external environment doesn't irritate me or prevent me from like working, thinking, enjoying. I can enjoy and adapt anywhere. But of course, the simple, the more simple the environment is, the more excited and happy and enjoyable and relaxed I am. Yeah, I always like to be in um, like clean, minimal, simple places. That's why, for example, in Egypt, uh, there is a place in Sinai called Dahab. Uh, it's, it's very close to Sharm el-Sheikh. It's mm. for me, this is heaven on earth. It's the simplest and the simplest people uh, on earth. Uh, so I love to uh, to visit uh, this uh, city like every year just to recharge, you know, just to recharge. That's, I think that's, yeah, so nice. You know, a simple life, I think, yeah. is a happy life. You know, you look at these people yeah. who, have, who have less, and they are happy, you know. And then yeah. someone who's got everything is probably less happy at their core because the more, the more money, the more things, the more problems you, you potentially have. I think that's really, really, uh, really interesting. I'd love to touch on pressure. So how, how do you deal with pressure? You know, we've gone on from the environment there and, and trying to avoid distractions and stress. When it obviously when it does come to you, that stress and that pressure, what are your tips for, for handling that? Uh, that's a very good question because uh, I'm an engineer and I, I graduated from a very tough uh, university <laughs> and I, I got used to uh, I'm very well trained to handle pressure. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't think of a time in my career that was uh, the pressure was so high maybe um, the the highest pressure point in my entire career was november last year because we were organizing um, well since we started passion to profit uh, 
every year in our anniversary, we did a big conference where we reward and uh, recognize uh, the successful uh, entrepreneurs who graduated from our programs. And it was um, a, a great inspiring day and celebration. We kept on doing that uh, till COVID. We did like seven or eight conferences and COVID hit. We stopped for two years and we went back uh, last year. That was the first time we, we do the conference after the, uh, the COVID pause. Mm. For some reason, it was very, very stressful for me because the momentum was, you know, uh, stopped two years ago. Yeah. And it was a huge responsibility. We wanted something big to show people we are back, you know, a comeback event that yeah. must be, you know, outstanding, 10 times better than any conference, uh, conference we did before. And it was really stressful because a small mistake can ruin everything, especially uh, we were launching a, a massive project called Athar Awards. Uh, Athar is an Arabic word for the term legacy or impact. And it's, yeah, it's the world's first award program that honors impact-driven entrepreneurs from all over the world. And that was the day of the launching this uh, this uh, this award, and we designed an, a beautiful trophy uh, that we will be giving to impact-driven entrepreneurs. So, the whole combination of launching a massive idea and getting back or coming back with a, the conference that our community were looking for, you know, it's so usually what puts me under pressure is the sense of responsibility. I want to give the best to the people. To, uh, to our community, to our customers. Uh, but other than that, no problem for me is a big problem. All can be solved. But uh, letting people down, letting my customers down is the maybe the, 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 the only thing that puts me under high pressure. I think it's actually uh, quite a, a cheat code that you just give it away there as to, you know, to knowing where the pressure is coming from. Not necessarily what the pressure is, but what it's coming from is actually, a, you know, a, a bit of a cheat. So, so rather than saying, you know, this conference that you're putting on is causing pressure, actually, no, the responsibility yeah. to your people coming, that's where the pressure is. Because you want to impress them, you want to have a great time, return, you yeah. know, them to return on their investment. I think that's actually quite powerful. And I learned that a couple of years ago from, uh, from someone who I know is quite close to me, and he's in the army. And that's a sort of a, a trick they do in the British army to say, why do you feel nervous? Why do you feel pressure? It's not because we're going to go you know, to battle. It's because we want to do this, this, and this, and that's where it's coming from. I think that's a really, really good uh, yeah. trick to have. Um, I want to jump into some, some quick fire questions for you. Sure. So my first one, and I've actually made a note of something you said earlier, uh, is a book recommendation. My note is uh, Start Small, Finish Big by Fred DeLuca, just in case it was that one. But I know you've written your own books as well, so it could be one of those. I thought I'd second guess you. <laughs> no, it's uh, the, the number one book I always recommend is The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Mm. E-Myth, M-Y-T-H. The E-Myth is the, is the book uh, when it comes to business because this is how I learned systemization. And Michael Gerber himself was my business coach in 2016, and he learned, he, he taught me, uh, you know, a lot of, I won't say lessons, his wisdom is amazing. So I learned a lot for, from him and uh, his work. So his book is always the, on top of the list of book recommendations I give to people. That's brilliant. That's a, I've not actually read that one. That's one to do on top of my, uh, my audible list. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, 
Second one is how do you stay motivated? So what motivates you now? You're down to three days a week. You've got the three businesses. You've got a lovely family. You're backwards and forwards across the world, you know, Dubai, Egypt. What is keeping you motivated right now? Uh, when I see a success story uh, launching her or his business, passion-driven business, this is one of the happiest moments in my life when I see people graduating from the program, having successful businesses, and they are spreading hope to other people uh, who are yet to follow. That's amazing. That's really nice. That's literally in line with your with your passion of trying to yeah. you know help these people. That's fantastic. Do you have a quote that inspires you that you come back to now and again? Is there something that you've heard of that you resonate with? It's my quote. Um, because if, if if we go back to the story about uh, being an introvert, uh, an introvert, and uh, the challenge to start or becoming an entrepreneur, now I always tell people um, that dreams are born inside the capables. If you, if you, ha- because think about it, why did mm. you have that dream? Out of all possible dreams in that world, why did I have a dream to become an entrepreneur? Why? Why? So as long as the idea came to my mind, then there is something that's that's inside my personality and my skills and my abilities, regardless regardless of I discover that or not yet. But definitely I'm capable of achieving that specific dream that manifested in my mind first. Mm -hmm. So anyone who, who, who dreams about doing anything, Think about it. Why specifically I had that idea or that dream? There are I could there are endless uh, or number of ideas at, that could came to your mind and get you excited. But why specifically that idea? That's nice. So dreams dreams are born in, inside the capables. So that's been really nice. It's self belief, isn't it? As well, you know, we're all capable of doing these things, and and just you know, I like that a lot. I think it's really powerful. Yeah. Um, what about if you had a full free day? You probably have a lot of these now, you know, you're working three days a week, you've got a lot of full free days. So yeah. just <laughs> hypothetically, a full free day, how would you spend it? Uh, with a book in front of um, the beach, or the, as, as, the sea, yani on the beach with a book. Nice. Speaking of an environment, my dream office is an oceanfront office. Wow. In, in, so, uh, in Egypt? Uh, regardless, where? Okay. It's just the, uh, a panoramic view in front of yes. an ocean. That's, that's my dream office that I would like to realize one day. But a book and uh, a beach is my dream combo. That's lovely. So you can harness the power of the ocean by now. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. deep within if you're looking at it. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have a piece of advice for the audience or something they can ponder? You know, a, a sort of a, a last thing for people listening to, to think of. Well, um, we are at a time that is amazing for entrepreneurship. It, 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 it has never been easier to start a business with AI and ChatGPT and all this stuff. I recently did a webinar about how to start a business using ChatGPT. I was impressed. I couldn't believe that I, sh- I was sharing that. It's becoming mm. so much easier. Uh, so my hope for uh, everyone who is listening to us now is to go and do what you love to do. 
don't live paycheck to paycheck. Life has a lot to offer. Um, you have a passion, live with passion. Passion is, is amazing. It will, I, I always used to say, uh, passion is king. Only when you breathe it in, can the transformation begin. So when you start following and doing what you love, without having to take so much risk or quit your job immediately, start just step by step and you will uh, live a wonderful life. Nice. It's perfect. It's perfect. Um, and what are you coming up? What is, uh, what's 2023 got coming up for you? What are your projects and your next adventures happening? Well, I just uh, started a new company in UAE, a marketing consulting agency, because as I said, I, I had a mission to bring founders or business owners back to the basics when it comes to marketing, uh, because things are going crazy now and people are so much distracted and they have beautiful products and services and amazing creations that just people don't know about because they fail to deliver the right message to their audience. So uh, my, my hope for 2023 is to help as many businesses as possible to uh, scale their businesses and have the proper positioning and uh, in the market and make more money because money, and when they succeed, this means impact. This means more lives are getting better uh, with the amazing products that are there, but maybe they are not realizing their full potential yet. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a great mission, and uh, I'm sure you'll succeed yeah. this year. How can people find you, you, Mohammed? What's the easiest way to find you online? Well, it's uh, simply my website is um, is the home for everything I do. It's tohami.com. Tohami with an I, not Y. So T-O-H-A-M-I.com. That would be a good starting place. Okay. Fantastic. And then you've also, you're also on uh, Facebook and, and Instagram. Yeah, of and course. Perfect. Of course, yeah. Brilliant. yeah. It's, been, it's been fantastic to have you on. Thank you so much for your time and all of your insights. Thank, and Thank you so much. The the Thank you so much. Same to you. Thank you.